Hi, I am Lisa Morton, and this is Behind the Spine. And I'm your host, Mark Haywood. This is the podcast that finds learning opportunities for writers in the most unlikely of places. Last week, I spoke to Lisa about all things Halloween. She is the expert, after all. She's written many books on the subject, including Trick or Treat, a history of Halloween. Jack was, in most versions of the story, was a blacksmith who tricked the devil out of taking his soul three times. So when Jack finally dies, the devil says, I don't want you in hell, you're going to trick me again. The ghoulish faces carved on pumpkins that we all associate with Halloween owe their existence to a stingy Jack. And today, we're going to find out all about his origins. Chapter 1. Stingy Jack Then since Jack is unfit for heaven, and hell won't give him room, his ghost is forced to walk the earth until the day of doom. A lantern in his hand he bears the way by night to show, and from its flame he's got the name of Jack-o'-lantern now. Hercules Ellis, the romance of Jack-o'-lantern. Stingy Jack is a character from Irish folklore. The story goes there was a drunkard named Jack who'd earned a certain notoriety among the town folk. When the devil got wind of this, he became desperate to claim Jack's soul. When the devil came a-knocking, Stingy and it turns out clever Jack, didn't go without a fight. He told the devil it was only fair he'd be allowed to have a final drink before he was whisked off to hell. The devil agreed. But at the end of the session, Jack had no cash, and asked the devil to turn himself into a coin to pay the bartender. Jack quickly snatched the coin and put it alongside a crucifix in his pocket so the devil couldn't shift back. In order to be released, the devil had to agree to Jack's new terms that he wait ten years before returning to claim his soul. A considerable amount of trickery later, and the devil is finally convinced to release Jack's soul entirely. But once Jack finally dies, his trickery, well, it kind of bites him in the arse. Hell doesn't want him, and neither does heaven, so he's forced to roam the earth alone for eternity as a spirit. Thankfully, the devil gives him a parting gift, an ember of hellfire, that would light his way through the darkness, which Jack placed within a carved turnip. Some versions have Jack carrying the turnip like a lantern, hence Jack-o'-lantern, and some see him wearing the turnip on his head, which is reminiscent of certain depictions of the headless horseman from the legend of Sleepy Hollow. But this is just one incarnation of the legend. There are other similar stories in which the main character's soul bargain ends in trickery and deceit. Another story also of a blacksmith, depicts a man who sells his soul to the devil to gain magical powers. The devil sends his son and daughter to collect the debt, but the blacksmith uses his newfound powers to stop them in their tracks. The devil then attempts to claim his reward, but fails. The blacksmith agrees the devil can still have his soul, but only when his natural life comes to an end. When the time comes, though, the devil couldn't think of anything worse than having this trickster in hell so he pleads with heaven to let him in. And in this case, heaven agreed. If you've ever watched the 1986 film Crossroads, this may all remind you of the legend of the blues musician Robert Johnson. He was said to have sold his soul to the devil in exchange for mastery over his guitar. Similar rumours exist about other musicians, like Mozart, a 19th century violinist, Niccolò Paganini. In fact, over the years, people have found it difficult to comprehend certain talents, assuming they must have been born of supernatural origin. 
After suffering seizures, people believed the Bavarian 17th century artist Christoph Heisman must have been experiencing the effects of demonic possession after selling his soul for his talent. And one Jonathan Moulton, an early colonial settler, was said to have done the same in order to afford his silversmith business. He earned the nickname Yankee Faust, taking us back to where these legends all stem from. Faust is the protagonist of a classic German legend based on the historical Johann Georg Faust, a successful man, a scholar, but he wasn't satisfied with life and tried to take his own. Following his suicide attempt, he makes a pact with the devil at a crossroads. Sounding familiar? Exchanging his soul for unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasures. This tale doesn't end with Faust wandering the afterlife, though, nor does it end up happily in heaven. No, this time, the devil claims what is rightfully his. There are so many other versions of the legend of Stingy Jack, and indeed countless other people selling their souls to the devil, each with their own intricacies and conclusions. Sometimes the best stories are not brand new, but rather reimagined versions of tales from the past. As we've said many times, there are no new stories, just new ways of telling them. Behind the Spine is an attempt to inspire you to write and to shine a light on things that might provide a creative spark for your stories. Now, we want to go one stage further. We want to offer you an outlet for your work. Over the course of the show, we've uncovered dozens of lessons that have been extracted from over 50 fascinating conversations. We've picked three, and we'd like you to narrow this down to one. Pick one of the lessons we've selected and write a short story of no more than a thousand words and then send it to us. At the end of the series, we'll pick two winners. We'll pay each writer £250 for the right to use their story as part of series four. Go to behindthespine.co.uk and click on the writing competition for more details. But now, back to the show. Chapter two, Before Jack. The likely reason for the existence of the legend of Stingy Jack was to explain something known as Ignis Fatuus. It's a natural phenomenon, first reported as far back as 700 years ago, where flickering marsh lights appear over bogs, often leading travellers astray. You may know this better as Will-o'-the-Wisp. Many folk stories offer up explanations for the cause of these lights, described by John Milton in his epic poem, Paradise Lost. A wandering fire, compact of unctuous vapour, which the night condenses, and the cold environs round, kindled through agitation to a flame, which oft, they say, some evil spirit attends, hovering and blazing with delusive light, misleads the mazed night-wanderer from his way, to bogs and mires, and off through pond or pool, there swallowed up lost from succour far. Although these pleasant lights look friendly, it's thought that they were malevolent spirits, just like Stingy Jack himself, forced to roam the earth, shut out from both heaven and hell. In fact, the classic Will-o'-the-Wisp is carried by a blacksmith named Will. Following his death, St. Peter refused him entry to heaven, stating he must live a second life to make up for being, well, you can imagine. But Will was even worse in his second life, and St. Peter shut him out of heaven for good. The devil thought it would be a nice touch to give him a coal to warm himself in the cold afterlife, but instead, Will being Will, he used the coal to make a torch to lure innocent travellers into danger. Clearly, he didn't learn his lesson. These days, we're trying to find the real cause of Will-o'-the-Wisp, but mysteriously, 
there are no modern sightings of the phenomenon at all. We know that some plants and fungi have bioluminescent properties. So it could be that. It could be some sort of chemical reaction or even combustion. Or perhaps the ghosts that once wandered the marshes simply wander no more. Though around the world, ghost hunters believe the appearance of so-called orbs in photographs are actually the spirits of loved ones captured by the camera. So maybe orbs and the modern incarnation of Will-o'-the-Wisp. Depending on where in the world you are, these creatures may have different names. Obviously, there's Jack-o'-lantern. But according to mythology.net, there's also Pegalantin, Joan the Wad, Jenny with the Lantin, Hobbity's Lantin, Hinky Punk, and Spunkies. The website says that in the Netherlands, the Urblos, Lieko, and Lichtermand are said to be the souls of unbaptized children who try to lead travellers to water where they can be baptised. In Asia, the Alea and the Chirabati are used by dead souls to mark the place where they died. In Australia, Minmin lights follow travellers once they are spotted. If the traveller turns and tries to follow the light, however, they will never be seen again. And in South America, the Luthmala and La Candileja are evil spirits who carry ghost lights after death. So how did all this turn into carving scary faces onto pumpkins? Well, it's thought to be a way of warding against all of this evil and malevolence. Whether you're warding off Stingy Jack or the Will of the Wisp, fairies or ghosts, well, that part's up to you. Originally, carvings were made in turnips, but Irish immigrants to America realised pumpkins were much bigger and way easier to carve. Chapter 3. Soundscape The way these stories have been passed down from generation to generation, through the ages and between countries, it's clear that there's something fundamental within the tales that intrigues us. You could even say that we have these stories to thank for books like Harry Potter, or in film, as Lisa says, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Telling an old story doesn't simply mean coming up with a new ending or renaming the protagonist. Try examining these legends to see if you can extrapolate the key messages that have allowed them to live on for so long. Then use those messages, those plot points, to craft your own ghoulish tale. After all, what better way is there to indulge in the Halloween spirit? Today's soundscape explores the many sounds and noises that we associate with this time of year, a spooky celebration of the supernatural. <laughs> listening i'm mark haywood let me know what lesson you've taken away from this week's episode by sending an email to info at behindthespine.co.uk we're also on twitter and facebook as at behind the spine and instagram as at behind the spine podcast 
In the meantime, give us a like and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Goodbye for now. Stay safe. Keep writing. And stay away from the light. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.